This is The Guardian. I'm Grace Dent and this is Comfort Eating from The Guardian. A podcast where we pay homage to the lesser celebrated foods in life. Because even as a restaurant critic, I believe the food that matters most is often that snack you cobble together when you're curled upon the sofa. Each week, I ask my guest to lift the lid on what comfort foods have seen them through their lives. Because you can tell a lot about a person from what they eat behind closed doors. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, friends. Uh, you might be able to hear I am not in my kitchen this morning like normal. Uh, that is because I am in a car with my producers, Leia and Gabriella. We are driving through County Durham to go to Scarlett Moffat's house. I've been up north this week, seeing my little brother. And Scarlett lives just across the Pennines from where I grew up in the lakes. Uh, she has very kindly invited me to hers today on our first ever Comfort Eating on the Road. <laughs> Scarlett first appeared on Channel 4's Gogglebox with her mum and dad back in 2014 and became a celebrity quite by accident. People just fell in love with the Moffats and Scarlett was plucked from the show to appear on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here after that. After winning, she's been all over the TV, including her dream job hosting Ant and Dex Saturday Night Takeaway alongside the pair. She is now a really huge star, but she still seems quite genuinely down to earth and a bit of a laugh. I've always thought that we'd get along and I know that she loves her food. So I can't wait to see what she's going to feed me. Leia, are we lost? Do you know where you're going? I'm lost. We're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> Scarlett Moffat, welcome to Comfort Eating. Thank you. Honestly, I'm absolutely loving the podcast. Are you? Yeah, because of Nish, I am actually going to now call hummus chickpea soup. <laughs> From, from now on. <laughs> Thank you for having me in your house. Oh, that's all right. Thanks for coming. It's so absolutely gorgeous. The view just going down is into... Is that a valley? It's a valley yeah, kind of going down. Valley, yeah. And then the kitchen, I've got such intense kitchen envy that I've had to go and gather my thoughts <laughs> in your lounge about some of the wrong decisions I've made in my own life. <laughs> Although these tiles are a bugger when you've got fake tan on, the amount of times I'm like, what? I'm like, I think that my dog's had a little poo, and I'm like, oh no, it's <laughs> fake tan. 
So as you know, every week on this podcast, I get my guests to present me with the food that they find comforting, something that they might eat when they're alone in their pyjamas. Scarlet Moffat, what am I going to be eating today? You are going to be eating. <laughs> it's nothing crazy. It's beans on toast, lots of butter, mm. but... Mm. I had this dish when I was a student and cheese is very expensive. So I just sprinkle Watsits on top. <laughs> <laughs> Don't knock it till you've tried it. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said cheese is very expensive. <laughs> it is. Honestly, as a student, like £2.10 a block. You, yeah. can, you can get like about 10 packets of noodles for that. Show me how it's done. Okay, so you've got to crinkle it in the packet. <laughs> Honestly, it's a taste sensation. And you're squashing them in the packet. You've got to <gasps> really mush it up. Oh, it's beautiful. I don't know why Heinz haven't already made this an option. Like, do you know what I mean? Beans with what's it in. I have never seen anything like this in my life. And, and I'm from Carlisle. Like, I have never. It on. And it adds a bit of texture as well, you do you know what I mean? I, mean, it does I feel like I am a master chef with you now. It adds a little bit of texture, a little bit of crunch. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So I'm putting the uh, squashed crumbs and slightly lumpy bits of Watsits onto the beans on toast. I'll put that in the middle. Shall we begin? Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, you can't knock it, Grace. Go on, get a gobful. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> weird in a good way? Because it's 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 a crispy what's it on top of beans. Well, it's not. It's like, you know, when you get a salad and you put croutons in. <laughs> it's a bit like that, isn't it? The I'll texture. give you that. Yeah. It is. I've no, I mean, I would never, ever have guessed anybody would do this. Surely you know someone else who puts what's on the beans. I've never. Has this never been on MasterChef, no? <laughs> no one's ever come through those hallowed doors. So you still eat this now? Mm. I love eating this when it's raining outside. It makes us feel so happy. I do class myself as a bit of a professional couch potato. So, yeah, I'll get my beans on toast, what's it's on top. Maybe a little riocca if I'm feeling fancy. <laughs> yeah, and I just watch the view and stick a bit telly on. You grew up in Bishop Auckland, yeah. small village in County Durham with your mum, Betty, your dad, Mark, your younger sister, Ava, Grace. She arrived when you were 14. So what did your mum and dad do when you were little? Uh, so my dad was a welder. He's still a welder. He absolutely loves it. Honestly, I've never heard anybody be so enthusiastic about fabrication welding. The man absolutely Loves it. And whenever we see like a caterpillar or a JCB, he'll go, I probably made a part on that. He gets very, yeah. he gets very, very proud. And my mum worked in retail. The thing that comes across really strongly when you're watching you all on Gogglebox is that you really, really get on as a family. Yeah. Like you are, like you sit in the living room, like a, not, a lot of Northern families just taking the mick out of each other yeah. and just laughing. We're like the County Durham Von Trapps. <laughs> we actually, it's not, because sometimes I think I wanted to try as well. And like when I did Gogglebox, 
not to make it cool, but to make it okay to hang around with your parents. Because I think there's such a stigma attached. Like, even though they're your mum and dad and, like, th- like they love you all the world and they know you better than anyone, there's this stigma attached of, like, what, you hang around with your mum and dad? Like, yeah, they're the funniest people I know. <laughs> Did you feel like that when you were little? Did you get on with them? Massively, like, they were my best friends. I had it... I didn't really, like, have that many friends apart from at dancing. At school, I found it like really difficult to make like connections I think because that surprises me though well I was just always taught to like be myself and I think I was quite odd like growing up I used to watch like Will Hay and Norman Wisdom with my nanny and Bottom and the young ones probably things I shouldn't have been watching at my age but so I had this quirky sense of humor and as a kid, me and my dad would go metal detecting and go looking for crop circles from aliens. So I'd go to school and everyone would be like, oh, what have you been doing? And I'd be like, oh, we've seen this crop circle. And then I wonder now, I look back, I'm like, oh, that's why I didn't have many friends. <laughs> so when you were little, what was your ideal night in with you and your mum? Oh, we would have like, it's like a beige buffy. But we'd, we'd have it so we were posh. So I don't know why, but, like, as a kid, posh people, to me, was, like, eating cheese and crackers. So we used to get the board out and we used to have loads of crackers, butter, Philadelphia, cheddar cheese, and we'd have pickled onions as well instead of, like, the chutney or whatever. We'd have pickled onions. And we'd be like, oh, pass the knife, darling. <laughs> and now, we're like, I, I laugh so much that we used to do that. Obviously, I grew up in the north as well. We didn't know many actual posh people. Oh, no, just from what you see on the telly, the queen. So yeah, <laughs> so you had to imagine what a posh yeah. person would do, and they ate cheese. Obviously, I mean, obviously they ate cheese. They had three or four different types of yeah, cheese. We didn't. We had Philadelphia and cheddar, but you know, you don't, you can't yeah. go wrong. And a pickled onion. And a pickled onion. I don't know if the queen's ever had a pickled onion. I, I can imagine Lizzie liking a pickled onion. I can imagine her liking a silver skin. We um we did that normally. My dad would go and watch the football and we me and my mum would watch like Crystal Maze, Gladiators while we were having our picky tea. And um this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna make my childhood sound warped, but I have very fond memories of this. So my mum would like go, Oh, go and get like I don't know, another jar of pickled onions out the kitchen. Yeah. And when I'd come back, she'd play pranks on me. And she often did this thing where she'd pretend to be dead. <laughs> Now, I know that sounds really bad, but at the time it was hilarious. Like, I'd almost know, like, oh, she sent us in the kitchen. So, and then I'd come rushing in and I'd go, oh my God. And I'd try and resuscitate her and, like, I'd, like, blow on her face or, like, you know, like, try and tickle her so that she wouldn't go out of character of being a dead person. And she'd pretend to be scared of scissors. So I would, like, do the scissor motion with my fingers and I'd go, and then she'd freak out. I don't know. I hope that other people did this as a kid. And yeah. then when my dad would come back, he would often, and now I know he was just stood behind the bathroom door, but he would make this noise and he'd go, help, help, I'm stuck down the plug hole. So I'd like run to get a string and stuff and try and get him out of the plug hole. And then my mum would be like, quick, like, go and get some water, see if we can like bring him up, like through the water. And I'd run back and he'd just be stood in the bath and he'd be like, oh, thank you, you've saved us. <laughs> I love the fact that you are still so happy when yeah. you're so on your television stuck yeah. down the plug hole because that's the important thing about dad jokes, isn't yeah. it? They stay with you forever. Oh, forever. 
so I didn't realise that you started dancing when you were five. Yeah. And you danced competitively for years. I don't think a lot of people know this about no. you. Tell me about little Scarlett, the dancer. Oh, I just loved it so much. So it was quite an unusual thing for the North, ballroom and Latin, because yeah. this is before Strictly. It wasn't really like the cool mm. thing to do then. I remember actually a lot of people at school taking the mick out of us. If I ever made the paper for doing well, they would grief us about it. They'd be like, oh, it's an old person thing. And I'd be like, it's not actually. And, and my mum went to work to pay for me to go dancing. Yeah. Like a lot of her wage was sacrificed to, so that I got to do my hobby of ballroom and dancing, which I'm so grateful for because a lot of my friends who like did live in the area sort of just walked around the streets as a teen, which there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just so pleased that I had something to focus on. But it made you happy. Oh, massively happy. And, like, I suppose that's why I've got a massive love of, like, drag and the LGBTQ plus community because at a very early age, I don't know what brings sort of, like, that community to the world of dance. I think it's because you can express yourself and be creative. But, yeah, yeah, I had a lot of gay friends before I even really knew what sexual orientation was. So Mm. I'm happy for that because I think through my mum taking me there, it means that I never judge anybody really. And then when you're 11, I've heard that you had quite a bad accident. Yeah, so I... (laughs) Right, I kept putting off learning how to ride a bike. I don't know why. Maybe it was my subconscious knowing that you just should not ride a bike, Scarlett. And... I'd just gone off my stabilisers, which again, I suppose, at 11 is quite a big thing. <laughs> it's took me that long. And I was actually hit by a car on my bike. Mm. Luckily, I had a helmet on, um, but it smashed all my front teeth. And I remember running in, um, my mum was at my auntie's at the time, and I had my favourite Tammy girl top on, and it was white, and it was just covered in blood. And it felt as if my teeth had just gone through my gums. And I remember a girl called Kaylee running around trying to pick my shards of teeth up <gasps> in case the dentist could glue them back on. Um, and it was just awful. And after that, about maybe eight weeks or so after that, the doctors didn't know if it was due to the trauma of that, but I got Bell's palsy. Hmm. So not only did I have this black tooth where the nerve came out and I had half my front teeth, I had Bell's palsy, which it sort of looks like you've had a mini stroke. Hmm. And then I started secondary school. (laughs) I started secondary school, like, literally a month after that. It was hard. So you're 11. Yeah. You turn up at your secondary school. Yeah. You've got no front teeth. No. (laughs) And a slightly paralysed side of your face. Yeah. Which was, was... It was hard. I feel like... I had to have a really thick skin and a good sense of humour to get through it. I I allowed myself to be the butt of many jokes. What were Um, kids like about it? I always remember um, there was a guy who brought, like, fake teeth into school to stick on, you know, to, like, make jokes and stuff like that. And, And I'd just laugh along, but it was really awful. Like, it was actually, like, now I look back and I think, well, it... My mum always says it's character building, which I do mm. think it is. But I did really well in school. I had to move schools, actually. I moved schools when I was in year nine so that I could do well in my GCSEs because the teachers would let us out 10 minutes early. There was about four of us. The teachers would just let us out 10 minutes early from school so we didn't get beat up. And I think that's what made me want to go to university to be a teacher because I just remember thinking, 
I don't understand. Like, surely something should be done. Surely just letting us out early is not the way forward. So that's then when I decided, no, I think I'd like to be a teacher and I'd like to make sure that I protect people. <laughs> that accident must have really affected the kind of things that you could eat. Yeah. What do you remember having in those weeks afterwards? Oh, well, my comfort food then was blending stuff. So I did go through a little stage of, like, my mum bought a blender. It was probably only for maybe three weeks, but as a kid, just eating blended food, as a kid who liked food, it felt like about a year. And it's put us off bananas for life because mum used to mush a lot of bananas up. And now whenever I have anything that's flavoured banana, like, I don't know whether it's PTSD or what, but mm. I'm like, no, I'm not about that life. <laughs> I'm just not about that life. <laughs> now, you see, you're so bubbly and confident and outgoing that I imagine that you were quite a wild teenager. Were you wild? Were you staying out late? Were you... No. Do you know what I wasn't, you know? Uh... I was like, I, my friends were books. <laughs> I just read and read, like... You're yeah. a Jacqueline Wilson fan. Yeah, like, massive Jacqueline Wilson fan. Like, Tracy Baker was, like, she was my sister. <laughs> In my head, I was like, me and Tracy Baker are like that, we're so close. But, no, I wasn't really that wild. I drank once. When I was 15, I drank a quarter litre of vodka and some Lambrini that we'd hid. Mm. And I never drank again until I was 18. Because of that reason. A lot of vomiting. A lot of vomiting. It was like a half-open bottle of Lambrini and we left it there for two days and then went back to it. So it was probably off. I think that's a very formative experience, though, making yourself sick on yeah. Lambrini. Oh, you've got to, haven't you? It's like that peach. Do they do that in peach? Peach Lambrini yeah, blush? Peach. <laughs> and we used to, like, dilute it with Panda Pops. But that was that was a chew on that having to wait outside the shop for about an hour asking every person that went by and being like, no, not them, me, no, me, ma'am, not them. <laughs> I used to just put on a pair of high heels and like a pencil skirt, and I used they used to serve me from did when I was they? about thirteen. Oh. So I used to go in and get everybody's. Did you? Yeah. Oh yeah, you would have been cool then. I was just... You were the cool one at school. <laughs> I know that just from that statement. <laughs> I would just go in and I just thought I'll just do it until I get caught and I never did. Did you not? That's good going, that. Yeah. You could be in the MI5. <laughs> the drunken MI5. <laughs> In 2009, you leave home to study at York St. John University. So you weren't a big party animal as a teenager. So when you get to uni, does that mean that you're quite bookish? Do you stay in? No, I Are was you... crazy. Oh. I lost all inhibitions, control. I was like a woman possessed. Um, no, I was me and my friend Zoe were the, like the socialites of university, everyone... I feel like I sound like a bigot when I say that, but, like, everyone knew who we were. We were out, like, every night. I tell you, if you've ever been to uni, I feel like this will sum me and my friends up. So, you know how you have, like, pyjama night? Yes. And lots of people go out where they're in, like, robes or, like, fluffy slippers or a onesie. Yeah. We went out in sort of lingerie with heels. And I feel like that sums... That sums... I wore a lot of leotards with nothing else. At uni and and fingerless leather gloves. I I thought I was a pussycat doll, Chris. Uh, 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 I don't know. I, in my head, I was Nicole Scherzinger. 
I definitely went through a leotard stage. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> it's a stage, isn't it? I had to block my mum quite a lot um, <laughs> on Facebook because I'd just hear my phone buzzing and I'd be like, hello, and she's like, you can't go out in there. And I'm like, right, we're not having this discussion, I'll see you later. And I'd just block her and she'd be like, unblock us now. Because <laughs> I'd just be like, oh. But, I mean, to be fair, Beans on Toast was what's it, what we eat and now. That was a staple mm. at uni. But also dry pasta, <laughs> which now knocks me ill. Like I used to just eat bowls of dry pasta. Hang on, dry pasta as in it was dry and you didn't even boil it? No, like we'd cook it, but, but not, we wouldn't really put anything on or anything in unless our friend worked at Nando's and sometimes brought big bottles of Nando's sauce back. So we would pour Nando's sauce. <laughs> On the pasta. So, so your comfort food at uni after a big night out yeah. in your leotard. In my leotard, yeah. Was a bowl of just plain pasta yeah. with Nando's sauce. Yeah, that's why I could wear leotards because that's all I was eating. <laughs> Breakfast. I was practically Italian. I was eating that much pasta. <laughs> and once, actually I've never told anyone this, but I don't know if this is illegal. I hope it's not, but... At the back of Sainsbury's, um, they had, like, loads of crates of pot noodles that were out of date. <laughs> and we went in and were like, what are you going to do with them? And they were like, we literally just, we throw them away. And we were like, well, can we take them? So we had about, I dare bet, 100 pot noodles. They were out of date, but my dad always taught us that as long as it won't stick in your throat, it won't stick in your ass anyway. So <laughs> we ate pot noodles. We lived like <laughs> pot noodle kings for so long. <laughs> so did you love uni? Oh, honestly, that would be... If I could go back to a specific time, it would be then. Like, I just felt so free. Like, I just wasn't bothered and I felt so grateful that I was at uni before sort of everyone started taking photos and selfies and videos. I probably wouldn't have the jobs that I had now, to be fair, if that was about... But, I can't believe that we used to take a camera out, like a digital camera, sometimes even when we had to develop, and we would upload 300 photos to an album for just one night out. Like, <laughs> now, that's unheard of. You'd post one photo from a night out. Mm. Back in the day, 300 photos, revs 2K19. <laughs> it feels like there's a very different you comes through when you talk about uni. Like, it's... Sometimes I get a bit sad because I'm like, oh, I was so hmm. happy and free then. But then I just think, well, I'm very lucky that I can feel sad about losing, not having that time anymore. Like, I'm still very good friends with all the girls that we lived with. And it's so bizarre because I think if I hadn't have ended up doing telly stuff, I can almost see the direction that my life would have went in, like through my friend Sarah. Obviously, she's, like, married, she's got two beautiful children who were my uh, godsons. And sometimes, especially when I, was, when I wasn't in a great place, I used to be really envious of that. Mm. Sort of like the simplicity of it, really. Mm. And I used to always think, oh, I can... She's almost like living the parallel version of what I would have done. We're just taking a very short break. We'll be back with Scarlet Moffat in a minute. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. You came out of uni, and then you must have been back with your family for a little bit, because this yeah. is when it all started yeah so, so you move back in don't you mm-hmm. so I moved back home sort of like had like teaching assistant jobs here and there was teaching dance for a little bit then got a job as a disability advisor which I loved helping students at university uh loved that job and then my friend Tommy rang and said and this is how I know everything happens for a reason because he rang us out of the blue and said oh I've just got a job as a researcher I'll be totally honest I thought he meant as a scientist and I was like, that's amazing. A scientist. And he was like, no, TV researcher. And he was like, please, will you just audition? Because I need to audition, like, at least three families. So we did it as just a complete favour to a friend. And they asked us to do the show, which that's... was mad. So when you were working as a disability officer, if I'd asked you then, where are you going to be in five years? What was the plan? Well, hopefully to be higher up in that position. I was hoping to be like a manager or or a team leader. Yeah, like, it, it is crazy. And it was also difficult when we actually went on Gogglebox because when we first started, we would get paid, I think it was, like, 50 quid and a free takeaway, um, <laughs> which which wasn't really free. You know, I'm like, oh, it isn't a free takeaway. That, they were just feeding us because we were there for a while. Um, but I still had a normal job and I couldn't drive. I failed my driving test about 13 times. So I was getting on a bus when this show was going out <laughs> on a Friday night at 9pm and I'd just get people coming over asking for photos and I'd I'd just be sat on the 1B bus, like, I'm going to work. <laughs> like, this is so bizarre. So you were back home after living independently. Were you still cooking for yourself then or, or did you go back to eating with your family? My dad's the cook. Yeah, my dad's definitely the cook. And, like, really, like, heartwarming food, like shepherd's pie and mince and dumplings, stuff like that. Yeah, my mum did the cleaning and my dad did the cooking. They, like, had an equal share. I remember going to my friend's birthday party down Bishop and getting quite drunk. Actually, getting took home in an Asda trolley. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then getting in and, like, not couldn't be bothered to make anything... And there was scotch eggs, love a scotch egg. But there was nothing moist apart from Nutella. So I took, I, I, love, a, I love a salty sweet combination. I took the Nutella and the packed of scotch eggs in my room, put bottom on, stripped out to just my pants. 
started dipping these scotch eggs and I remember it was about four in the morning and my mum coming through the door and me just looking at her like just with chocolate all on my hands just sat in my pants like looking and she went this is why you're single (laughs) and then I was like no I need to sort it out like that was a realization I was like actually yeah you need to sort your life out Scarlett so you've got the scotch egg are you dipping it I'm dipping it in I'm dipping it in it's disgusting. I think that for the benefit of people listening, that's the, the, the most judgy face I've ever done in the whole <laughs> the whole series so far. Do you know, like, Jamie you're... Oliver did that face as well. He taught us how to make... It went full circle. He taught me how to make a decent Scotch egg and I made him try a Scotch egg and Nutella, but he didn't like it. But then again, he didn't like turkey twizzlers, does he? There's no place in the man. <laughs> Your taste buds are... Like a, a pregnant woman. <laughs> there's something, there's something very, off, not off, but out there. Yeah. <laughs> so in 2016, you're still at your day job in County Durham and you're asked to travel down to London to discuss being a contestant on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Yeah. At that point, you hadn't even been to London before. Yeah. But over the next year, you found yourself more and more in demand for TV jobs. What were your first impressions of this new world? It's overwhelming. I felt like I was going to Hollywood. I know that sounds so pathetic, but I remember they'd booked a first-class train ticket and I was like, hello. We ate with, like, plates and cutlery. Like, normally you just get, like, a packeted sandwich. And I was like, what is this? And I got there. First thing that happened, every taxi I ever go in, I asked the same questions. How long have you been on for? Have you been busy? The taxi man didn't appreciate me asking this. He was like, why are you asking? And I was like, oh, sorry. I was like, is that is that really rude? And he was like, well, you only ask that if you're going to mug people. So instantly I was like, oh, you're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> um, because up here, that's just pleasantries. Whereas yeah. he was like, no, like if you ask that the taxi drivers, it's as if you're trying to suss how much money you've got. I was like, okay, like that was my first experience. Got to the Dorchester, I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. I felt odd. Like I felt like I didn't belong instantly. And we sat down and they were like, oh, we'll just have like a, a little breakfast. Well, it was brunch and I'd never had brunch before. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, we'll have brunch. And they said, oh, would you like a, a drink? And I was like, yeah, I'll just have a cup of tea, please. And they said, uh, what kind of tea? We have fruit, herbal. I was like, oh. And then I was like, I don't even know what my tea's called. And I was like, you know, just like a cup yeah. of tea, like what you have in a mug, like for your breakfast and that. And they were like, breakfast tea. I was like, yes. yeah, that's the one. And they were like, um, what kind of milk would you like? Would you like soy, almond? And I went, can I just have um, milk that's like from a cow's tit? <laughs> Didn't know what to say. And he started laughing and he was like, yeah, okay then. And um, I was with like the big people at ITV as well. And they were like, and I was like, oh no, Scarlett, like what are you saying? Then they brought an egg timer out for my cup of tea. For like how long my tea bag should be in for. It was, I was like, are they bringing a board game out? Are we like, why is there an egg timer? Then we started chatting. They came back over to ask if we wanted food. And I was like, oh, and then I thought, I don't eat in front of like, I, 
half of it, I was like, I don't know what to order. I was like, I'll just have toast, please. Then they were like, what type of bread? I was like, where am I at? Like, yeah. to be fair, it's fancy up here if they say, do you want brown bread or white bread? Mm. So I was like, oh, just like, and they were like, sourdough. And I was like, I don't want sour bread. I've not had it before. Then they asked if my butter, if I wanted it salted or unsalted. I was like, God, so many, like, where have I been living? Like, there's never this many choices where I'm from. Like, when I just go to Spoons for a breakfast. And I remember <laughs> seeing the bill as well and being like, what? Oh, yeah, why that- is it? Would be, yeah, about 85 quid by the time everybody had done it. Like, what, I think a cup of tea was of, eight quid. Yeah. I was like, I could have bought a kettle, tea bags, milk. It was, it, yeah, it was mad. That was my first ever experience. And Were you able to enjoy it at all? No. No, I was forcing the toast down. As, <laughs> I was like, because it was so nerve-wracking. And I was such a huge fan of I'm a Celebrity. I really wanted to be on it. Whatever happens, even if I'm out first, it's an experience and a deposit for a house at the age of, like, 25. Like, of course I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. But you ended up winning. Yeah. And then you moved to London to properly pursue presenting. How did your new life match up to your expectations? Yes, yeah, so I had... So I came back from I'm a Celeb and I ended up moving to Camden, which I now know is... Probably the craziest place in London. I did exactly that at one <laughs> point. Actually? I moved to Camden and then you realise you can't go out your front door because <laughs> yeah. you might as well have moved to the middle of Alton Towers. <laughs> See, that's what I love though. Because <laughs> I was on my own, I lived with like an ex for a few months, but then there was just me and Bonnie. I just felt so lost and lonely. Yeah. It was such a hard time. And I felt really guilty for feeling sad mm. because I thought, God, like... I've just won, like, really one of the biggest reality shows in the UK. I've got all these job opportunities. I have all of the worries and the stresses that I could relate to with my friends before, like financial worries and things like that. They'd all gone. But with it came these other stresses of yeah. just, like, finding out people's opinion of you that you never thought were a thing. I mean, trolling, like, I, I just never... I'd never been bombarded with that amount of hate before. Like, it even felt worse than when I was at school. Like, at least when I was at school, I could make jokes about it and stuff. But I just, yeah, I just felt like... Not necessarily that I didn't want to be here anymore forever, but I just didn't want to be here for a little bit until things died down. And what I found when I'd make friends, like, say, with the makeup artists or whatever... I'd be like, should we go for food? Meaning that night, and they'd all get the calendars up. I'm free a week on Wednesday. I'm free this day. So I used to take this. I sound so sad. I used to take Bonnie for a walk and sit in Camden Market, knowing people would come up for a chat because I I just love talking. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of the time, if I wasn't working, I'd I'd just be on my own with my dog. Obviously, to my friends and family back home, I'd pretend I was living the dream and stuff because I didn't want them to to be worried but yeah I'd go and sit in Camden Market with a book and people would come over and I'd have a chat I love that it was a touristy area (laughs) I can't imagine you going out and hoping to have conversations with strangers (laughs) it's sad that I spit I don't think I've ever told anyone that before I don't it's quite it makes me sound really sad but no I think that's what got us through like got us through it really it's because you love to chat you need the human Contact. Were you ever happy in London? 
Oh, the, the fact that I probably had to think about that is annoying. <laughs> no, I don't think... It's just not for me. I think... I love going down and visiting with my friends. Like, we go down quite a lot. But, no, I just couldn't... I just couldn't get used to it. I can't believe what a massive divide there is. Like, even just here... Like, I live in a village now. Like, I know everyone... Whereas in London, I felt like I didn't, I didn't know anyone, even though I was surrounded by loads of people. Mm. I felt like I didn't really know anybody. You always need a point in your life where you can still go to spoons. <laughs> yeah, you do. Everyone needs a way to spoons. <laughs> do you still go to spoons? Yeah, curry club. <laughs> I think we should talk the idiots that don't know about curry club through what curry club is. Yeah, so curry club, it's on a Wednesday and it's five quid... You get, like, any side you can choose, rice, chips. You can have your masala, your madras, your karma, and you get a drink with it as well. And, actually, sometimes, if you're friendly with people, you can get free poppadoms and mango, ch- like, chilli dip. So, <laughs> for a fiver, for a fiver, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And there's, like, a local Italian's. Sometimes I think they're money laundering because I'm like, how is it so cheap? <laughs> how, how is it so cheap? And it's like a start and main course dessert and a drink, and that's $7.99. And me and my family go there quite a lot. And my little sister gets the same thing every time. Cheese and garlic bread, spaghetti bolognese, tiramisu. On repeat. <laughs> so you leave London. Yeah. Because London. <laughs> yeah. You leave London, you go back home. How did you come to terms with that? I think I learned at quite a young age that quitting doesn't necessarily mean that you're failing. So I was like, actually, this is the right thing for me and my mental health. Was it quite nice walking up that platform at King's Cross the last time that you walked away? Oh, yeah. I feel like I love London. Like It's not me being awful about London, but just my brain can't cope with it. I have a village mentality. I don't, I'm not afraid to say that I have got village mentality. <laughs> so it turned out that being in London wasn't essential for you to have a successful career. You've got your own podcast. You've been on Celebrity Bake Off. You present Love Bites on ITV. All the while, you're living back up north with your boyfriend, Scott who you've known since you were a teenager. What do you two cook when you're home together? Oh, it's me that cooks, to be fair, which is why I love it when we make chicken fajitas. It's so simple, but, like, it's nice because we make it together and we do it whenever we both off. So, like, I love a chicken fajita night because, like, he could be, like, making the guacamole and I'm, like, cutting up the peppers and we just have a laugh. Like, we have, like... A couple of Copperbergs. <laughs> yeah. And we normally I'm forcing to watch RuPaul's Drag Race, but I think he likes it now, to be fair. Um, but no, I love a chicken for heat tonight. You've been very open about struggles with your love life in the past. Yeah. Uh, so what have you learned from being with Scott? Oh, if I could, if there's anybody listening who's in the 20s, choose someone who is kind. <laughs> That's all that matters. It Amen. feels like when you're younger, it feels like you have to have this checklist mm. and you, they've got to have so many, like, traits and, you know, you get put off so easily or, you, you know, you're a little bit naive and think that all that matters is looks. Just choose someone who's kind, kind and funny. That's that's it because... 
Like, I love this because I've seen photos of him. He's really fit. Oh, that is, he's upstairs now because he's been on night shift, but he is very handsome. He is very he's handsome. fit and he wears a uniform. Yeah, this so is that sick. helps. Yeah, no, that does help. But he's very kind. Yeah, like he's got kind eyes, and all my family love him, and all my friends, and he's just a really nice, just a nice person. When you find you. someone like that as well, you kind of think, oh, they exist. I know. To be honest, I was starting to, like, give up a little bit. I was mm. starting to think, oh, maybe there's just none left. Maybe I've missed the boat. <laughs> but, no, I'm so pleased that he's come in my life because he's made us, like, trust again, which is a good... Which is... It's took a long time. But, no, I definitely trust people more. And he makes me feel attractive, which, when I look back now, I'm like, oh, a lot of my exes actually didn't. Like, I never noticed, you know, like that they never made me feel attractive. Mm. I always felt like I owed them a favour for them being with us, whereas I don't feel like that with Scott. We feel equal, which is lovely. How do your parents feel about everything that you've achieved? I think they're really proud, but to be honest with you, I used to work at Asda and I loved that job as a checkout operator. And my mum says I'd be equally as proud if you still worked at Asda. I think they just... All that they care about is is that I'm happy. And I think that's a big thing because for quite a while I wasn't happy. And so I think that's my biggest achievement. That's what they say we're proud of to show that, like, I've come full circle, that there was a time when I felt like I wanted to disappear mm. and now I'm helping other people see that there is happiness and that, like, it does get better and that, like, it's just a feeling and you've you can get over it and things get better. So I definitely think that's what the most, yeah, that they're proud of. So they're just happy that you're happy. Yeah, that's all. It's, like, not as deep as, like, I don't think the... I mean, I think it's nice that we can have, like, well, when COVID ends, that we can have house parties and, like, invite the whole family. We're not all on emergency chairs. That's quite nice. Oh, my God, <laughs> I want to come to a Moffat family come. party here if I'm up north, you can. get on the bat phone yeah. and make it cross-country <laughs> <laughs> over the country. I bet this place will rock at I one point. I have a party. <laughs> you seem like you're really happy at the moment. No, I really am, and I, I hope it continues. <laughs> I hope it's not just a phase. Because you're just glowing with it when you're <laughs> oh, talking. thank you. No, it's, it's nice to genuinely say, like, to you, I am happy. Because, you know, like I say, there have been times when I've been like, oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm great when I haven't been. But sometimes I do have a little cry quite a lot. Do you? Yeah, like with happiness, like I just honestly like, sorry if I start crying now, but like I honestly can't believe like this is my life. Like I honestly like, it sounds pathetic, but every day I'm like, I cannot not believe like that this has happened. Like I don't know why, but... Like, I am so grateful. I think the one main thing as well is that now you're doing so well and you are so happy, you can actually afford proper cheese. What, and I don't need to use Watsits? <laughs> I'm always going to use Watsits, Grace. I'm always going to. <laughs> Go mad. Just get, like, a bag of grated cheddar or something. Just Treat myself. <laughs> I might, you know, I might treat myself. <laughs> Scarlett Moffat, thank you so much for comfort eating with me. Thank you. This episode of Comfort Eating was produced by Gabriella Jones. The series producer is Leia Green. 
and the executive producer is Kathy Drysdale. Sound design is by Sami El Anani. If you like this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review. You can subscribe wherever you're listening now so you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening. This is The Guardian. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.